1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Hey guys, Mike. Good to be on with you guys.
1: In your
3: face. (laughs) KNC masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. You got me, Kevin Hagelin. We've got Corey Majors. We have Joey Erickson and the Dang. world famous <laughs> oh, Mike oh, oh, Bassick. Oh, he's the Mike. Remember the Mike Thank in you. the Metroplex. Jerry knows that. Uh-huh. He's like, hey, Mike, and that's just how <laughs> the rest of the show went. And awesome. I think that's pretty awesome. Congratulations, Mike. You're welcome. Now. Oh, we're going to, I mean, you said congratulations. He's just being polite. Uh-huh. It's, it's polite to say thank you uh-huh. or you're welcome. Is All right, so a couple things we're going to do here. We're going to change it up just a little bit is we're going to talk about the dazzling career coaching in quotes of Mike Leach, who passed away last night at the age of 61. But also my question, given the situation across the Metroplex, do you have a healthy respect for, for the weather. Absolutely. Because I don't think I used to until the tornadoes came through and tore up the roof of our house. I think I was just kind of like, when, I, like, if it was raining a lot and I was driving home and I saw people sitting under the underpass in their car, I thought they were dumb. You
4: weren't home when that happened, no, right? No, I was actually at the Mavericks-Bulls game. But when you pulled in, that was when you got to like see what was going on through the whole neighborhood. It was
3: really scary because I remember just everyone was like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, we're at the Mavs game. And then I saw Facebook mentions in my neighborhood is like, whatever you do, stay away from the exit of Bobtown and 30. And I was like, oh no, that is literally the exit to get to my house. And so I remember, and my son was littler, you know, and I was just really nervous because we were driving home and I didn't know what we were going to drive home to and I think that really changed my young, naive perspective of I can do whatever the hell I want. And I was like, hey, no, you can't because this is an awesome force that is, you know, 60 kajillion times better and more powerful than you are. And so now I have a more healthy respect for not only the weather, but the weather report. You know, like, I don't know if you ever What used- about the reporters? Well, oh, for sure. Sh- well, like, okay, look.
4: Like, can't the Tory? I,
3: I do... But sometimes I question, do you need the guy to almost get thrown out of picture by the rains and the wind? Could you just get the shot? And I'm like, no, I comprehend. Mm-hmm. I can see the tree that's almost bending. I don't need the weather person out there to be like, it's windy. And I'm like, yeah, that tree is about to break in half. But I know people used to get bent out of shape when like the weather report would come on and break up their, their show yeah. or whatever. Yeah,
4: people lost their minds with uh, Fox at one point. They were like... We're watching House right now. Yeah. What are you doing? And the it was like the season finale or the series oh. finale or something, and people lost their minds. So, yeah, no, man, the respect for the weather, very important. But you got to know the differences. Like, that's the thing that I've learned over life, Kevin, is you got to know, you know, what the levels are that you're like, OK, I know Texas well enough that this is bad or that this is a, this is something just to keep an eye on. To this morning, it was one of those things where there was a lot of bad happening around us.
3: Yeah, and uh, thats you, it's just sad to hear is, you know, the there is, you mentioned in Louisville, Grapevine, Coppell, schools are sheltering, people are sheltering. Hope everybody out there
4: is safe and has a healthy respect for the weather. From the 845, so Kevin, the gatekeeper of life, <laughs> acknowledging he is not better than a tornado... This is progress. Okay. That's good, dude. That's Thank good. You. Look at you, man. You've all the growth we've had over this career. What do you
0: respect the least that oh, people man. respect?
4: authority the need and availability you know. of shorts i
3: feel like it really that that opinion seems to bend people out of shape more than anything so and i'm awesome. like you do realize you're a human that can live your life however the hell you want i'm just saying it's not for me but i want to focus on the progress cuz i have a talking doctor today and i nice. would like to tell him that i am uh, i'm making progress yeah yeah i respect the weather now
4: you know absolutely progress
3: and apparently, people have lots of thoughts about parking under underpasses during the rainstorm. I did not realize that this was such a passionate, hot-button, differing opinion Corey, issue. Corey,
0: what do you think Kevin respects the least up at the fan?
4: Oh, authority for sure. Or, so, so you're saying Spittle? <laughs> he, that could go or, a lot of different places. Or Brock Purdy. Not well. It's, it's not, not Brock, Brock Purdy, for Purdy sure or, or, or his be. dad. I think, I think the higher up you go the less respect he has. Does that make sense? No, untrue, untrue. I'm just not great. At I mean, s- like, look at how well he treats every board op we have, all right? Think about this for a second. Don't you fire he them is all? Is so- no, yeah. they don't leave because, it, well, <laughs> you know. You know, like, look at that. He is so nice to, to everybody that's right around our level. You get a little bit higher up, and it's just constant conflict. Look, I am really bad at sitting in a meeting
3: where an idea gets presented that I think is a stupid idea. And oh I'm really bad at just si- that does. That's not just at the radio station. You were at the newspaper with me. I am really bad at just sitting there and being like, hey, this is a dumb idea and just keeping it to myself. Mm-hmm. Instead, I will voice, hopefully more constructively. Or you'll make la- loud all. breathing sounds. You'll be like... <laughs>
4: And then you'll put your hands down on the seat and you'll adjust yourself.
3: There are coping mechanisms that I've worked (laughs) on over the years to do a better job interacting with society. That is growth,
4: Kevin. All right. Now,
3: for unfortunately, Mike Leach passed away last night at the age of 61. And I know so many people. I wanted to talk about this aspect first because I know there's like a bunch of fun quotes and everything like that. And we can 100% get to that but I also think of him as the guy who made Texas Tech football like exceedingly relevant, and I want to go with cut number 10 right here because this was a game and a moment that I just thought was incredible.
5: Deep strike. Got the big man. Country pulls free and touchdown. Red Raiders with a second to go.
3: That was the, I believe it was 2008 Texas Tech-Texas game. That was when Texas was ranked number one. Texas Tech beat them on, well, you heard one second left, but essentially the last play of the game with that pass to Michael Crabtree. And that was one of the things that, I mean, we all got to know Mike Leach first, is he turned Texas Tech into... Maybe not a consistent team in terms of the top of the standings, but a consistent team in terms of they'll win a lot of games.
4: I have no clue what it was like to play for him. All right. Like, I just want to. Sure. There may be players out there that are like, I I had this feeling towards him. I, I understand that that feeling. As a fan of football, the dude had he was a it was. Why the hell not? That was right. like his offensive playbook was. Why the hell not? Let's try this out. There's no there's no bad ideas unless Kevin's in the room and then it's like, oh. Um, but but like that was his his mindset was let's try and figure out how to do something fun, play some fun football. And and like I may not have all the tools to, to go beat, you know, the big colleges, but I have a lot of different things I can do some fun things with. He was always drawing up uh, you know, plays on napkins and whatever and shoving them in his pocket and everything. That was his approach to to the game and I respect that part of him a ton was you know he took a lot of different risks offensively that were a lot of fun and and I think Jerry did say this morning like football's less for not having him around anymore and I think that's true because the creativity that he's he put out there was an absolute blast to watch do you think
3: today or in the future people will celebrate or remember the creativity
4: of the offense more or the creativity in the press conferences and I hope it's both I really do hope it's both because I didn't know this about him. I think it was until he did the the ham the ham one where he was like he was talking about fat pigs. I think. Oh, did you want to go to cut number eleven? Yeah. Is
3: that what you might be? Uh... Coaches,
5: coaches, we failed. Uh to make our coaching points and our points more compelling than their fat little girlfriends now their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages for one thing their fat little girlfriends are telling them what they want to hear which is how great you are and how uh, how easy it's going to be and how you know uh you know we had, we had, you know we had a whole bunch of people everybody wanted to win the football game but nobody wanted to play the football game well i, I mean that defies every level of uh work ethic that exists with regard to football and uh, as coaches, we have to solve our failure on uh, on reaching them. And uh, the players have to listen. And I, I'm willing to go to uh, fairly amazing lengths to try to make that happen. I don't know if I'll be successful this week or not. But, but you know, I am going to try. And there will be some people inconvenienced. Uh, and if it happens to be their fat little girlfriends, too bad.
0: What school was that at? So... I think it was
4: Tech. Are you sure? It was I'm...
0: Tech. Oh, dang it. We have skinny girls at Tech.
4: You can see, though, how he rubs people the wrong way or how people
3: would love it. Right. Yes. Like you could see how people would hear that and be like, that is brilliant. And then you could see how other folks or some media people would be like, this is abhorrent and the worst kind of thing that could be said and not OK. Do you want to play? Do you yeah. want to play one more clip and see if it he does not a, offend?
4: There was a very valid point in there, though. It's like, I'm here to make sure I get the best out of you. They're there to support you. Do you think he would have been better off if he
3: just said they're off with their girlfriends instead of saying they're with their fat little girlfriends? Absolutely. If he just said they're off with their girlfriends and they say what they want to hear, I feel like his point might have reached more people.
4: He didn't care, though.
3: No, he did not. He did not. Absolutely. He, he must they, have had yeah. a lot
0: of... Heavier girlfriends. Because to put in that word, like he wanted you to don't make think sure he was trying to... Like, okay. You girls are overweight that are dating my ballplayers.
3: Oh, my God. All right, so here's cut number nine. This, that's
0: not bad. We call those slump busters. <sighs>
3: Mike, Mike, did you... Mike. You have to see how... I don't know. All right, let's go to cut number... You know what? I, I can Mike make these shirts. I didn't people. make up that saying... <laughs> Let's go to cut number nine. I never had a slump buster. Right here. This is Mike Leach talking about how he takes his coffee.
5: Got your coffee. It is early. How do you take your coffee? What's the best way to take your coffee? Well, coffee tastes terrible anyway, so don't put anything in it to obstruct the harsh, bitter taste. Then... just put it down one sip at a time you know so it's just all about the effect the taste it's not about the experience at all it's about the outcome no the experience is terrible (laughs) (laughs) you're just
4: trying to get that little bump you know and uh and you have to go through that bitter brown stuff that you're dealing with
0: and i know coffee is pretty bad on its own Mm -hmm. i'm not a black coffee guy I'm not, I don't love coffee, but if you put enough sugar and cream in it, I can definitely handle
4: it. Okay.
0: Do you ever think like maybe you should just get a different drink then? It does have the most caffeine per sip. Okay. Right? I believe so. I think. Okay. I don't know. I, that's a good question. I, what I always, has more caffeine?
4: I always put a couple of ice cubes in it and just drink it as fast as I can so I can be done with it. Like, that's what I always... I don't want it to be too hot, but I don't want it to be too cold. So you're just looking for the caffeine just aspect try of it? Oh, make sure I, it's not hot so I can chug it.
0: Yeah. I need it hot. <sighs> it's
2: going to be worse.
3: that kind of day, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I in didn't the even first know, what's segment. What's wrong with
4: saying that? Some like it hot. I just... I don't think that it's the
3: phrase it's just that we were talking about hey could you see how some people would be offended by him saying fat little girlfriends and you're like that's not <laughs> offensive they're called slump busters and i really just feel like you made the situation worse by leaning really? into it yes really mike 8-8-1. do you think a girl they make t-shirts okay but do you think a
0: girl wants to hear that she's a slump buster some that's a great question. Do they know they're slump busters? Probably. Oh my god!
4: I bet. Look, I watched Bull Durham. She knew what her job was mm-hmm. to make him the greatest pitcher ever. Yeah. And then from the nine seventy two, Kevin, this is why you're the fun killer. <laughs> I get it. You know
3: what? I really, I really, really do. There's amazing things talking about the college football playoff, talking about candy. My favorite one, though, and we talked about this the uh, I think yesterday, we a
4: speeding t- ticket one that was hilarious.
3: It's the one where that guy shows up late to the press conference, and I guess he missed the first, like, several questions, and he goes, are you guys going to talk about your quarterback situation or no? And he just was like, I'm sorry. I know you walked in late, and you might have missed it. We spent a really long amount of time about that at the beginning. Maybe next time, get here on time. And I thought it was very fair and very
4: bold of that reporter to just assume no one asked those questions. I just, I always love when he would go on these long conversations and you're like, where is he going with this topic specifically? And then it turned out to be a really funny story. I do, Kevin, one time we were at a press conference where at the end of the press conference, everybody started clapping. And I think you and I, we didn't know each other at the time. Both were like, why are you, what's happening right now? And I feel like if Mike Leach had been part of that press conference, he would have stopped as he was walking off and turned and been like, why the hell are all y'all clapping right now? sure? That's just kind of the personality I think he rolls with. We're the
3: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's talk a little Mavs Thunder. Plus, we will discuss with our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola, right here on 105.3 The Fan. Fancy Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Don't forget, in the noon o'clock hour, we got that Brian Regan ticket giveaway. But right now, brought to you by Four built for Texas, built for you. It is our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola. Good
2: morning, sir. Good morning, fellas. How's it going?
3: We're doing pretty good. Already having
4: uh, probably too much fun to start the morning, but I like it. We finally signed our receiver. We finally locked him we did in, it, Mickey. Mickey. We did Just it.
2: Just the guy you thought they were going to sign, All right? All
4: along. All along.
3: Up until, I don't know, about an hour and a half before it happened, I was not thinking about him whatsoever, and then those rumblings started to go out there. What do you think about the addition of T.Y. Hilton?
2: Well, uh, I think, you know, you end up for, you know, kind of an inexpensive price bringing in a a veteran receiver uh, who would add some speed uh, and experience, by the way, uh, to this uh, receiving core. Uh, and since, you know, you, you bring it in uh, and, and really he's guaranteed, what, 600000 uh You know, that's peanuts uh, for a guy that's played 10 years uh, in the league, a four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, and, you know, we'll see where he can fit in as, you know, maybe that, that third receiver. But the best part about it, and the reason they you know, chose him uh, over Odell Beckham Jr. is it sounds like he's ready to go. I think Jerry Jones uh, said this morning, you know, he's going to hit the ground running. So it'll be interesting to see, does he play in the first game, uh, you know, this Sunday or is it the next week against Philadelphia? Uh, But that's the key thing, right, availability. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that, uh, you know, had some injury history, Uh, with the Colts last year had uh, you know surgery to uh, repair a disc injury in his neck he had groin problems and you know when you start you know guys get around that 10-year age in the league uh, things start cropping up Uh, and so but for in this case they only need him for a part of the season and and then yeah, uh, you would hope the playoffs too. So, yeah, I, I think it's a you know it's a good look. See, uh, and it doesn't really hurt your salary cap whatsoever.
4: Does this does this team need wide receiver? Like, is that because that was something that we kind of were dis- discussing with uh, Beckham at the time? Like, does do they are they are they shallow there? It seems like they have some depth.
2: Yeah, I think they do, and now they have more depth. Mm, okay. But Corey, think about this what if one of the top two guys get hurt you at a
4: tough spot you don't have a guy that played number 1 before yeah
2: yeah right so you know i think it helps in 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 that sort of case um and, and sort of you know it's almost sort of like you know why did they bring in jason peters well what if one more guy got hurt then josh balls your starter right uh so uh I, I think it's it, it's almost uh, you know kind of a a security cushion uh going forward but a guy that probably brings more speed uh than most of the guys they have on that team i mean that was kind of his calling card all those years uh with the colts you know he's kind of more of a a slot guy um shifty speedy and you know let's let's remember he uh, and I know it was six years ago, but the, he led the NFL in receiving yards in 2016 with 1448 yards. So I just think it's, it it doesn't hurt anything, right? It can only help. There's no real downside to it, is there?
4: I don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't
2: see one actually at all. Yeah. So uh, you know, it, it's kind of an insurance policy to me.
3: While we're talking about the receivers, I know the final stats ended up looking okay, but did it feel like CeeDee Lamb disappeared at times in the game against the Texans?
2: Well, I mean, he ended up with five catches, right? I think it was five. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. No, I think you're right. And so, uh, well, you know, for, for a certain part of the game, the offense disappeared. Uh, But they were running the ball. I think they ran it like 31 times. Um, So, you know, everybody that wants them to run the ball, well, okay, they ran it, which means you're not throwing it as much. Um, But in crunch time, you know, you, you saw what he did. You saw what Schultz did. And all of a sudden, that offense that had disappeared reappeared. And they did end up after, what, turning the ball over three times? still scoring 27 points. You know, I think we sometimes get spoiled that they should put up a 30-burger every time. Uh, But 27 ain't bad. Uh, And especially if you can drive the ball 98 yards, uh, you know, at the end of the game to to win it. So, uh, you know, that's the fewest points they've scored uh, since the first game that Dak came back when they had 24. But 18 of those in the second half. Uh so they've been piling up points uh and and it's a good thing when the defense, you know, struggles at times.
4: Mickey uh speaking of the defense for the Cowboys, Hankins, uh, we heard Jerry say this morning yeah. maybe uh, the yeah. playoffs. Do you do you feel the same way?
2: See, and and that's that's one of the things that happens when you uh invest and but you don't want to invest a lot. In older players right Mm -hmm. they're susceptible to injury Uh, and I I would think that's one of the reasons why they don't want to it would seem like overexposed Jason Peters you know I don't know that they want him playing 60 snaps Uh, but yeah Hankins that that hurts Uh, you know they brought him in as a big body uh, to put in the middle of the defensive line to help with the run game Uh, and I think he had Uh, but unfortunately you strain a peck, you know. A lot of times, anytime I hear "peck," that almost means the end of the yeah. uh, of the season, right? Uh, so they would hope he gets back uh, for the playoffs. But yeah, that's a that's kind of a big loss uh, in in more than you know one way because that's a big man in the middle of that defensive line. So yeah, that's something that you know they're going to have to compensate for, but. Uh, I think somebody already signed Ndamukong Sue, right? Yeah. But you see how teams brought him in late, too, to try to bolster the defensive line. It was the Eagles, right?
3: Yes, it was. Have you you been – this seemed like another good performance since we were talking about losing Hankins. This did seem like another good performance from the rush defense is – 3.1 yards per carry allowed against the Texans. And then Damian Pierce only had 3.5 yards per carry.
2: You know, no, they did a, they did a really good job. The part that kind of got them was Jeff Driscoll coming in and running for 36 yards. Right. Uh, As as I guess he was the quarterback, right? He took the snap anyway. Uh, That kind of got him a little bit, but yeah, they, they needed 37 carries to, you know, gain more than 100 yards rushing against the Cowboys. So uh, they they somewhat shut that down. It was just a play here and a play there that really got them in trouble. A couple long runs uh, from Pierce, but for the most part, yeah, uh, it was another good job. And you know, and you know, I once again we see the downside of turning the ball over, uh, especially in your own territory. Uh, And given the opposing team, you know, uh, you know, a short field to go score a touchdown or kick a field goal. Uh, So, yeah, I think, you know, you eliminate those three turnovers in this game, they probably wipe out the Texans, but they're part of the game. Uh, So you just have to be careful. And, you know, and that was the first time Turpin lost one, right? Uh, But again, as I think I said yesterday, boy, he was under pressure from a guy that beat uh, the guy that's supposed to hold up the gunner on the the right side of the field. Uh, The guy was standing right next to him. Uh, You get a double-tip pass for an interception. You get a quarterback hits arm uh, on a throw that's intercepted, uh, and that kind of kept the game a heck of a lot closer uh, than it ever should have been.
4: Mickey, I was... Just kind of, I, I have this idea. I'm gonna go back oh. and kind of do some history Uh-oh. research here. Yeah, this might be dangerous. And I saw, I was like, did did the Cowboys back in the day in the Troy Aikman era, did they complete every pass and did they oh. score on every possession? History shows no. no? Uh, so far, I'm still researching. Okay, but I also saw that they lost to the four. I think it was the four and ten. Uh, yeah, the four and twelve phoenix cardinals they didn't lose they won 16 to 10 against the 4 and 12 phoenix cardinals in the 1992 season oh yet they still went on to win the super bowl so barely beating a bad team does happen sometimes in the nfl no
2: it'll it'll happen through the course of the season how badly did the eagles this year beat the colts oh yeah not enough one point right (laughs) one point right and they had to come from behind to do that too so yeah, it does happen. Uh and, and again, that's why when you play teams like that, you just don't want to, you know, dish out, you know, handouts uh and just give them points by turning the ball over. Uh, you turn the ball over, they score a touchdown. I mean, this team was ready to go to what go go away at 7-0, right? That's
3: what I thought too, yeah.
2: And then and then and you're getting the ball back and then you fumble it. And then they score, and it's 7-7, seven, seven, and all of a sudden, you know, this team that's probably highly motivated to get the first pick in the draft says, eh, you know what, maybe we'll hang around and see if we can win one. Uh, and if you're a, an athlete and you're competing and somebody's got whatever you're doing on tape, now you're a little bit more motivated, and you go, okay, well, let's see what happens here. And, and I think that's what happens with these teams. You let them hang around, hang around. And then you find out you you got a game on your hands.
4: Kevin, the next week they came out and beat the six and ten New York Giants thirty to
2: three though. So mm. I think the Jacksonville. So about to whip
4: Jacksonville's Jacksonville. got one coming this week. You love to hear it.
3: Thank you very much, Mickey. We'll catch up with you tomorrow.
2: Yeah, you hope they got that one out of their system, <laughs> For huh? Sure. No freaking For sure. kidding. <laughs> okay, guys, stay away from the storms. All yes, right, sir. there you go,
3: Mickey Spagnola, right he has here. Have healthy
2: respect for weather, absolutely,
3: as we all should. All right, go ahead and fire off that audio right now because let's talk a little Mavs. Bring it up.
1: Oh, Oklahoma City has stayed in
2: contact here in the third quarter. Shot fake by Wood.
3: So, the Mavericks win right there, 121-114. to 114. I know the Thunder, not the most captivating
0: team, but
3: good to get the I win. I love
0: watching them, honestly. I because mean, because they, they are fun. fun, to fun. Watch. Josh Giddy. My son called Josh Giddy the Luca Walmart special. Huh. I thought that was a little disrespectful because, like, I really like Josh Giddey. You should watch how he plays. I'd love for you to play like Josh Giddey. If you're goes, Josh yeah, Giddey though, Luca. if you're Josh Giddy
3: though, at this stage, aren't you like, okay, that's yeah, that's yeah not too but bad.
4: Luca is like, what would you? He's the Lu, Louis Vuitton, right? He's the oh. the, the Louis Futon, as they say. Um, he's he's that good, right? Like, he's just so far beyond. So yeah, Walmart, Walmart, you can get some stuff there.
0: I just think Oklahoma City is a solid team, and then they add Chet Holmgren and most likely another top five or six pick next year. But I would I like, would want to go watch them play. I think they have a fun team, they play fast, and have some pieces that might end up coming together and being a really nice team. But I hear what you're saying. They're not Milwaukee, they're not Golden State, they're not Phoenix, who have recently kind of come into town.
3: Do you think they should like probably cut their losses with Pokashevsky?
0: No, I don't think he's horrible. <laughs>
3: I mean, I just last night he played 22 minutes and scored zero points. Feel like this is a <laughs> this is a Mavericks line. You would hate that
0: very much for sure. But seriously, how much better is Josh Green than Poku? I I think a pretty good amount. Do you think that is? I mean, go look at their stats through their career, and you tell me that he's way better than Poku.
3: Well, one of them also plays defense, right? Though, and the other one doesn't. Uh. Would we say? You,
0: so you're now going li- really high on Josh Green. No, no, no.
3: Like, I, just compared to him, compared to that kid, I would take Josh Green.
0: For sure. I mean, I think Poku off the ball can obviously block shots a lot easier because of his length and everything. And, and to your point, I think they're both going to have a similar role in the NBA and be kind of sixth, seventh men. Okay. And I do think that, thank God, Josh Green is turning into that because he looked like a guy you're going to have to release after a year and a half of his career. And now you're like, oh, good. He's turning out to be a contributing nice player uh, in the NBA.
3: Was the number one thing from this game, though, it wasn't an embarrassment at the free throw line. I know we'll, we'll have an opportunity you to what. talk more about it, but...
0: It was a comic tragedy again in the last minute of the game. It was horrible. Yeah. I, I was like, I can't believe this. We're about to lose. We're about to maybe go into overtime up by 11 points with under a minute to go because we can't get the ball past half court. Again. Yeah. 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 But, like I said yesterday... I was but the block made some free throws, thank goodness. I was on with Bag Nation yesterday at 6 o'clock. And what? I said, I should probably bet a lot of money on this game because there's no way the Mavs are covering 8.5 with the way they shoot free throws at the end. To your point, they did make the free yes. throws at the end, but they can't get the ball over half court or beat half court or full court traps. So, if the number's ever, like, above 7... I think if you're a gambler, I think you should always bet the underdog against the Mavs because I don't think they can finish a game to cover big spreads. We're the KNC
3: Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, let's do some baseball nuggets right here on 105 Through the Fan.
0: baseball nuggets is scratched <laughs> it's over i had eight baseball nuggets i don't care poku oh versus josh green 10 whole minutes right here do people care about that i don't care if they care or not but you set you pressed my care. button you wanted to press the button oh here we go God.
3: okay all right let's do it
0: so i do like josh green and what he is contributing to the dallas mavericks this year he is really hurt i thought he was sitting out because yeah. of rest but he is really hurt right now and hopefully he comes back for the mavericks next game Josh Green this year is averaging 7 points, 2.3 rebounds, and 1.2 assists, which is nice. He is, he is a contributing player on the Mavs and an improving player on the Mavs, and there's very few players that can improve on the Mavs yeah. because of age because most of the guys that are playing on the Mavs are around 30 years old or older. Poku this year is averaging 9.2 points, 5.4 rebounds, and 1.9 assists. So he's not bad, like Poku yeah he had a bad game last night. I can't argue that Poku didn't have a bad game last night, but he is getting better and better and here's what I find interesting. Maybe
3: he started this season better. He was complete and utter trash his first two seasons in the
0: league. But yet still way better than Josh Green. There the, throughout their whole career here's That's right,
3: so not true at all. Poku
0: averages for his career, 8.1 points to Josh Green's 4.5 points. Because he plays way more minutes, and he takes way more shots. This year, he's you playing two more minutes. you concede that, though, right? Okay, and he takes more shots. You'll concede that, right? So, I just want to know that, wait, you think this is trash? Yes. Corey, he thinks this is trash. So, Mavericks that shoot 45% from the field and 39% from three, they're trash if they don't shoot better than that. That's not what that. I said. That's well, not what I said. We just called Poku trash. No,
3: I said in his first two years, he was trash. This year, he's been better than trash. Absolutely. He's played better. Has Josh Green been trash his first two years? Not, I mean, he's been... F- freaking an all-star compared to Poku his first two years he shot 34 percent and 28 percent from three on a lot of shots and the next year he shot 40 percent from the field and he's seven feet tall and 29 percent from three Josh Green 45 percent 50 percent 58 percent from the field three pointers 16 percent when he didn't shoot threes 36 percent he averaged 16 percent that's the one number. Every other number, Josh Green is far more efficient. And so you trash Josh Green those first two years. I don't know why you wouldn't trash Poku those first two years.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Okay. How old are they?
3: I don't. I don't know. Twenty one, twenty two. Josh Green's twenty two.
4: Okay. Poku's uh, twenty. Right.
3: Yeah. I mean, he's about to be 21. He's one year younger than Josh Green.
0: No, he's not. Josh Green's about to be 23. He turns 23 here pretty soon. No, he just turned 22. Okay. well, So So that's wrong. So So you just just think Poku's a piece of trash and will always think that no matter what. Not what I said. And you think Josh Green is great no matter what. Not what I said. What you do is you you take specific numbers and you say, great. So if I take seven points versus 9.2, you say, no, let me break that down. Mike, You'd use this argument with Tim
3: Hardaway Jr. all the time, though. You don't care how many points. What's the efficiency for shooting? The efficiency for shooting for Poku's first two years... That would have driven you insane, and you would have called him a piece of trash if he was on the Mavericks.
0: I think he can improve, and he is. He's a 45% he shooter now. That's pretty damn good at 20 years old that you're 45%. I agree. Josh Green is shooting 58%. All right. Do you think Josh Green will shoot 58% for this season?
3: No, but I think he should shoot 50%, which is a lot better than 45 is it not?
0: All right. So, wait. Let's go to all the Dallas Mavericks stats. I don't give a crap about this show anymore. I just care about
3: arguing with you. Why not? Why?
0: Why? Because you think you're right all the time.
3: All the time. I I think I'm right in this instance, Mike. That's, I'm just saying, in this one
0: instance, I think Josh Green is better than Poku. Okay. Tim Hardaway Jr., 37% this year, which he's going to shoot better than that, by the way. Uh, 36% from three. That's probably what he's going to shoot, you know. Um, Dorian Finney Smith, 40% from the field, 33% from three. Let's look at his career because you like Dorian Finney Smith, right? Averaging 8.4 points and four rebounds. Poku's averaging 9.2 points and 5.4 rebounds. So those are better. He shoots 5% uh, percentage points better. Uh, let's look at stats here for Dorian Finney Smith. And let's see what we have here. For Dorian Finney-Smith's career, he's a 35.8% three-point shooter. This year, 33% and 40% from the field. For his career, he's a 44% uh, field goal percentage shooter. Do you like Dorian Finney-Smith?
3: Yes, and he's that's five points better than Poku. Five
0: points better. For their career. Okay. Uh, let's see, when Dorian Finney-Smith, after playing four years of college, so he came out a little bit later, shot 37% from the field, 38% from the field, then 43% from the field. From three-point, he shot 29%, 29.9%, and 31.1%. So you think he's better than Poku? Like they should just release him and get rid of him in the NBA? Cause... Right
3: now, Dorian Finney-Smith is better than Poku. I right, right now, I've...
0: Dorian Finney-Smith is... Uh, 29 years old
3: so you would rather have poku than dorian finney smith right now i'm just asking i'm seriously asking
0: uh no but in a simple answer see i'm good at i'm good at actually having discussions and not just saying i'm right all the time is i would say that poku's 20 years old what okay. will poku be at 29 years old obviously i have no clue if he's going to improve or not improve but Dorian Finney-Smith was a really bad basketball player from age 22 to 24. Okay. And we haven't even hit those ages yet. We're still a year plus away mm-hmm. from Poku even hitting the age when Dorian Finney-Smith entered. Literally, all I
3: said was he has not played well so far.
0: All right. Let's go look at other players' stats for the Dallas I don't Mavericks. know why this
3: is bothering you so
2: much. Okay. So <laughs> you're going to have to deal with it. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Let's look at uh Reggie Bullock 32% from the field 30% from 3 this year let's look at career stats for Reggie Bullock 31 years old right now i mean we do pay these guys a lot of money too that we pay true. him 14 million and then we pay Reggie Bullock about 11 million dollars for his career he's a
4: 42% and it's uh, Alexei
3: Pokashevsky for, for people that don't the know. Thunder, since we keep using the short-term Poku,
4: I was confused too. I was like, "All right, I got to go find this Poku guy." Yeah, and he kept up popping up Alexi, and I was like, mm. so is, that the, is that the that's the is that the guy?" He that was you a like 17th pick out? in the okay. draft. Right. I said, "Look, if, if he him. gets to
0: 18, I would take a major chance. I'd say he would do absolutely nothing his rookie year. Like you should expect absolutely nothing. But I do think there's a lot of potential from him. He's a seven-foot ball handler, uh, and you know, what's interesting with him too. Is as and this is what happens with teams, is as what happens, you draft Josh, draft Josh Giddy. He's now the point guard. Even though Shea Gilgis might be considered he's playing that role, you look at Shea Gilgis' stats, if you watch the game last night, you see who's really running the point. It's Josh Giddy running the point, and Shea Gilgis is also a very good ball handler, but he's the one setting up the offense. But Poku can take the rebound, and you will see him take the rebound and then start the fast break uh, type of a situation. But I'm just looking at, At uh, Reggie Bullock, and since he's played for the Mavericks, let's look at 40% and 32% from the field, 36% and 30% from three, uh, averaging 8.6 and 4.9, but you like him. Sure. I mean, and
3: this is another person that I would just say, Mike, for their careers he is three points better from field goal from all shots, and then eight points better from three. So I'm just saying. Also, he is better than Poku right now. Would you rather have Poku or Reggie Bullock just right Poku. now? Poku. Okay. I would have.
0: I would rather have Poku because okay. I think the potential and everything's a lot better. I think Dorian Finney-Smith gives That's you a fine. lot of intangibles, and I don't think Reggie Bullock. And I do. See, I I hate doing this because it's not like... I do hate Reggie Bullock right now. Okay. I think he's horrible right now, and he had a decent game last night, but I don't think Reggie Bullock is going to help you too much. He's so limited as a player that Poku, I think, has the potential to really help you out. That being said, Jason Kidd would never play him.
3: Okay, and I never said he didn't have potential. I just said, up to this point, he hasn't been playing well, and I think he's been a disappointment. I would but say he, he's been
0: inconsistent okay. from 18 to 20 years old. That's okay. I, I can agree with you on that for sure. Reggie Bullock, after spending uh, three or four years at North Carolina in his first three years averaged 2.7 2.6 and uh, .4 points a game So, that's a tough one for you there. I do have— He's also a horrible person because Christian Wood's a bad person because he went from the Clippers to Phoenix to Detroit to L.A. to New York to Dallas. So I don't
3: think Christian Wood is a terrible person. No, I
0: know, but the Mavs are kind of like, well, what about the thing about him can't stick on a team for Uh, his career? Okay. So, like, Reggie couldn't really stick on a team for his career either.
4: At the moment, I have offensive and defensive ratings for both players. All right. I'm gonna name offensive rating one eleven and one o five. Who do you got? I don't know. We gotta go. What do you all got? Right. What's That's the it, answer? Uh, I mean, it was Josh Green's winning. Green's winning there. Okay. Uh, Poku's winning defensive rating one seventeen to one o three.
3: We're the KNC masterpiece right here on one o five through the fan. Coming up next, Mike asked all the football questions right here on one o five through the fan.